Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Hey, y'all, and welcome back for more Gen Juice. I have been thinking about and coaching on relationships a lot lately. Well, that's pretty much all we ever need help with, isn't it? So I want to talk about relationships. This is actually going to be a three-part series on relationships. There are a few types of relationships that we all have. So I'm going to focus on a specific type of relationship each week for the next three episodes. Each week, I will discuss a different type of relationship and how we can improve it. It is through our relationships that we really experience the greatest joy and our greatest sorrows in life. So if we can improve our relationships, we can all have more joy in our lives. This week, I want to talk about how to improve our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father designed us to grow and thrive through our connections with people around us. We are meant to rely on and interact with and relate to people around us throughout our lives. It is through those relationships that we have with people in our lives that we learn and grow and practice our religion in personal ways that refine our character. I've heard it said that relationships are the playgrounds for thoughts and belief systems, and it's where we experience our greatest joy and our greatest sorrows in our lives. We also know that our relationships do not end when we die. They continue on just as we do. So ultimately, they really are essential to our eternal destiny. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis invites us to imagine ourselves as a living house. In the book, he says that God comes in to rebuild the house. And at first, you can understand what he's doing setting drains and stopping leaks in the roof. You knew those jobs needed to be done, so you're not surprised. But then he starts making major changes that are extremely painful, knocking out walls here and adding a wing there or throwing up an extra tower. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace, one that he plans to live in himself. It's a beautiful analogy that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. I want to use this analogy that each of us is like a living house built from our relationships. We build our emotional house with the relationships in our lives. And I want to share a thought that you may not be familiar with. Our relationships are simply our thoughts about that person. Your relationship with anyone is basically just your thoughts about that person. 
And I have news for you. All of your relationships can improve if you choose to change the way you think about them. As we learn to improve our relationships, we can feel more joy and happiness in our lives. I want to talk about three specific types of relationships that we all have in our lives. Our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our relationship with other people and the relationship that you have with yourself. This week, I'm just going to focus on how we can improve our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and how that will help us have more joy in our life. So let's think about the relationship that you have with the Savior. This relationship really is the foundation of your emotional house, and it is the foundation of all other relationships that you have in your life. It begins with your relationship with Christ. The Savior taught that our relationships and the connections that we have with each other are just as important as our relationship with him. He said this in Matthew when he said, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So the better we are at connecting with Christ, the better we will be at connecting with others in Christ-like ways. And the better we are at connecting with others in Christ-like ways, the better we will be at connecting with Christ. Do you see that this relationship is directly related? So let me ask you, what is your relationship with the Savior like? Do you believe that he loves you, that he is there for you? Do you trust him? How do you think of him? I want you to think about this as I continue in the podcast today, okay? You may be familiar with the concept of confirmation bias. Basically, this is when we find evidence of what we already believe is true. So if you believe that the Savior is your friend, that he is always there for you, then you will find opportunities to prove where this is true in your life. It also means that if you believe you don't know the Savior and that he's left you alone to handle your trials, then you will find opportunities to prove that that is true. Ultimately, even our core beliefs are based on our agency to choose what we want to believe. It's amazing how Heavenly Father always honors our agency. Now, anyone who's been through a divorce knows that it can be a horrible experience. And even if you haven't, you can probably imagine that it's very difficult. And it was no different for me. It was actually pretty traumatic for me and for my children and everyone involved. It was just a really difficult situation. And throughout my personal divorce journey, I had to deal with all the typical things, visitation and custody issues and child support and not coming in and ex-spouses and legal battles. And I could go on and on, but there were times when it was just overwhelming. And I felt like I was all alone dealing with this burden of fighting these legal battles that I couldn't afford on behalf of my children just to get the support that we needed to live. And I am sure many of you can relate to this. In one of the most difficult times that I can remember, I was preparing to go to court 
And I was overwhelmed with just all of the paperwork that had to be done. And then all of the everyday responsibilities of life that I was also taking care of and just feeling like I was all alone in this fight. And I was just so burdened and sad and overwhelmed by that responsibility. And I felt overcome by the Holy Ghost. And this scripture came to my mind from Doctrine and Covenants. It was section 84, verse 88. And whoso receiveth you, there will I be also. For I will go before your face, and I will be on your right hand and on your left. And my spirit shall be in your heart, and mine angels round about you to bear you up. That scripture came to my mind, and I looked it up, and I was overwhelmed with the comfort and peace of the Holy Ghost. And I was reminded that I am not alone that the Savior was with me in my struggles, in my battles, that day and every day. We all have ideas about how our life will be, and getting divorced, being single in middle age is a situation that no one anticipates. And if you're single now because of divorce or the death of your spouse, or even because you've never married, you're not where you thought you would be right now. And whatever struggles or trials you're dealing with in your life, there's a lot of unexpected heartache and pain that come up. And it's really disappointing when people that we love let us down and break our hearts and break their covenants and break our family. It can feel like we're all alone and like our life shouldn't look the way that it does. And that's where disillusionment and depression and, and hopelessness come in. And I want you to know that divorce or even the death of a spouse is not the end of your happiness and success. There is life after divorce or after losing a spouse or after the disappointment of never marrying and possibly a better life than the one you imagined for yourself or even the one you had before. Now is the time to trust God and trust that he has a unique purpose for you and your family, even in this season of change. And I want to offer you my testimony that the Savior Jesus Christ loves you. He is intimately aware of you right now and whatever struggles you're facing. He is your closest friend, advocate, and cheerleader, and he will never leave you alone. He is always there for you. He has told us, fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and I will strengthen thee, and I will help thee, and I will uphold thee with the right hand of righteousness. I love that scripture in Isaiah. I want to ask you, have you ever received a spiritual prompting or warning when you weren't praying or asking for it? Because I have. I will never forget one day when I was a young mother, I had my three little children and the children were playing on the driveway as I was unloading the groceries. And when I went into the kitchen, the phone rang. This is back in the day when there was a phone on the wall. I answered the phone and it was nothing important. One of my neighbors was talking about something. And in the middle of the conversation, a loud voice in my head screamed, get rice. I knew that it was a warning and I dropped the phone, ran out the door and we had a long driveway 
And I could see down the end of the driveway that my little baby Bryce, who was about 18 months old, was toddling off the end of the driveway, walking straight into the street. And we lived on the corner and I could see up around the corner that my neighbor was turning around the corner about to drive down our street and he couldn't see Bryce. Bryce was so low to the ground. And all I could see was my little baby walking right in front of that car. And I sprinted to the road. My neighbor couldn't see Bryce, but they could see me waving my arms and screaming and yelling. And they stopped. And I ran and grabbed my baby. And that was one of the many times the Lord has saved his life by prompting me. But I have never forgotten it. Elder Richard G. Scott has said, Impressions of the Spirit come in response to urgent prayer or even unsolicited when needed. Sometimes the Lord reveals truth to you when you are not actively seeking it. However, the Lord will not force you to learn. You must exercise your agency to authorize the Spirit to teach you. You make this a practice in your life. And as you make this a practice in your life, you will be more receptive to the feelings that come to you and to spiritual guidance as it comes. Sometimes when you least expect it, you'll be able to recognize it more easily. I know that our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ are always aware of us and communicating with us. They're trying to help us. It's up to us to be constantly tuned in to that spiritual frequency that allows us to hear Him and receive the messages the Lord is inviting us to receive. Our Heavenly Father is always trying to communicate with us even when we are unable to receive it. Most often, he's trying to tell us that he loves us and that we are a priority to him and that he has provided and will continue to provide many ways for us to know that and learn that. Elder M. Russell Ballard said, what matters most is a relationship with our Heavenly Father and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the most important thing This relationship matters most now and eternity. So I have a few suggestions for how we can make these relationships with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ the top priority in our lives. I want to suggest five ways that we can prioritize these most important relationships. First, evaluate and practice loving thoughts. What is your personal relationship with Heavenly Father? And Jesus Christ like? Do you believe that they love you, that they're there for you? Do you trust them? Many people think of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ similarly to the way they think of their earthly father, which is great if you have a reliable, loving father on earth. But if you don't, this can be challenging. So it will require effort for you to practice building and improving your thoughts about and towards Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. The second tip for you is to repent daily. Practice forgiving yourself and forgiving others. God sent us his son, Jesus Christ, to atone for us. So accept his gift and apply the atoning blood of Christ in your life. Repent daily, forgive yourself and forgive others every day. Third, read and follow the words of our living prophets. 
President Russell M. Nelson has said, my dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction in your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you will be immunized against the evils of our day. What a beautiful promise. My fourth suggestion is to deepen your relationship through covenants and renew them often. During my divorce and throughout my life, I have found peace and solitude by going to the temple and renewing my covenants there, especially when I was going through my divorce and when I was single. I went every week and it really was just a place of safety and refuge for me that I am so grateful for. I want to challenge you to do that same thing. Deepen your covenants and renew them often. Go as often as you can and honor them. And number five, seek to always have the Holy Ghost with you and pray for inspiration to hear the messages God has for you in your life every day and do good. Be just and humble and righteous the best that you can. Show your love for Jesus Christ by making him the top priority in your life. You can do this by practicing loving, trusting thoughts about him, following him faithfully and his disciples, holding fast to his word, making and keeping covenants with him, and seeking the companionship of the Holy Ghost. We all experience unexpected tragedies and heartbreak. Remember when your life does not go the way that you have planned. The Savior is there for you. This is when you have to trust Him. And when you do, you will grow and strengthen your spiritual muscles and deepen your faith. If you choose to believe that He is there for you, you will find evidence that this is true. Remember that everything has happened and is happening exactly the way it's supposed to in your life. There are no mistakes. Everything happens for a reason, and you are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. When you put your faith in God and trust that his plans for your life are better than whatever you imagined, you will see miracles. And if you haven't seen those miracles yet, don't give up, friend. God is not finished yet. Trust him and stay close to the Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me conclude by reminding you of a few things. Trust and rely on the Savior as the foundation of your emotional house especially when life gets hard and things don't go the way you plan. Make sure you tune in next week to learn how to construct your emotional house by building the walls of the house by improving your relationships with others. And then in two weeks, tune in to learn how to complete your emotional house with a roof by improving your relationship with yourself. God wants you to have more joy in your life. And as you work to improve your relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ, you will have more joy and happiness in your life. But it takes work. And I can help you do this work. This is something that I help my clients with every day. So if you're ready to get to work improving all of your relationships in your life, I want to invite you to join me in Faithful Divorce. I will be your coach. And I can help you improve every relationship in your life. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Bye, y'all. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work, 
and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to LDSDivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.